Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast. Georgie here, Director of Learning Development and returning to focus on our new series of podcasts for teaching assistants. Joined by Andy Bridge, current Deputy Head Teacher and Debbie Davis, Head Teacher of an Independent Special School and Experienced SENCO. So far, we've looked at SEND Code of Practice. We've looked at currently deploying teaching A's, TAs and how schools can do that and the impact that this can have. We've explored evidence that suggests the most effective ways that TAs can be supported and also how we can make sure schools provide and develop a comprehensive CPD offer for teaching assistance. So having covered all of those topics, this podcast is now going to look at practical steps that schools can take if they'd like to improve their practice in this area. We will consider how schools can engage with the research and how they can amend their approach to embrace our recommendations. So let's start without further ado. I'm going to start chatting with Debbie. Welcome, Debbie. Great to have you back here. It's great to be back. Thank you. Um, So if a TA or a SENCO or school leader has been listening to this series of podcasts and thinks they really want to make a change to their approach in SEN, they might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed. So what's a good place to start, Debbie? I think you might be right that they might feel a little overwhelmed. But for me, a a good place to start would probably be um, with looking at the EEF report into making the best use of teaching assistance. Great, great document, great start, lots of ideas. And from there, there's lots more further reading and research, which is signposted if you really want to dig into any aspect further. And I guess from there, I would consider doing the deployment of TA self-assessment audit on the EEF website. It's a great tool linked to the recommendations that split into four categories. The deployment of TAs in the classroom, TAs interactions with students, TA and teacher preparation and training, and finally, TAs delivering targeted structured interventions For each category, it it outlines what ineffective, improving and exemplary practice actually looks like, which can be a great starting point for you to have a a clear baseline. I I hope you found that useful. It's great to know that resource is there because actually completing a baseline audit or assessment of where you actually what your practice looks like at the moment is always is like what's going on now and what do we need to do better? So thank you for sharing that, Debbie. So once we've established this baseline, what what do we need to do next, Andy? So I I think really it's the same as you would with any big change, thinking about like project management and implementation guides. You wouldn't just jump straight into it. You'd look at a staged approach. So Think about the explore phase where you're looking at all of the options. What are all the possibilities that you might do that you've potentially got the capacity to that you could do? 
preparing. How are you going to prepare the organisation, train your staff, get the students ready, communicate with parents if there's going to be a, a change in the support their child receives. Then and only then, once all that planning is done, do you actually move into that delivery phase where you actually implement the, the change. And then finally, looking at how are we going to sustain this? How are we going to make sure that this isn't just something that we change and next term it drops off the radar and we go back to our old ways of working? We need to find a way to make it really long lasting. So um, in terms of TA deployment in particular, um, the EEF make a few recommendations for where you want to start. So number one, checking that your head teachers on board with your plan. There's no point pursuing something if your head teacher's vision for how it should look is is very different. So check that they're on board. Building time where you're going to get key staff round a table discussing these things. So yes, of course, the SENCO, but also senior leaders, also TAs, don't forget their voice in this. Teachers that work with the TAs, SEND students, parents, get those voices around a table, complete that self-assessment that Debbie mentioned, and, and then think about how else are you going to get information? Could you do an anonymous survey of your teachers, of your TAs? Could you get TAs to complete a diary that tracks how they spend their time each week so you can start to evaluate where most of their time is currently going and, and what tweaks you might want to make? Do you want to go out and observe lessons and see how teachers are currently working with TAs? And then from there, I wouldn't try and do everything overnight. I'd, I'd pick one small strand and test it on a small scale, maybe decide that you're going to trial a new approach with year seven SEND and evaluate it before you roll it out, or you're going to do a trial with the science department before you go big. Absolutely. So you, we've got lots of different sort of ideas there as well, and, and actually thinking about how to roll them out gradually so it, it doesn't overwhelm people either. Um, it does sound sensible just making small and gradual sort of changes and building it up. Um, so with the pace of change and things, going on at the moment it can get really well embedded before you move on to the next stage it's if that's really key I think it to, to get stickability more than anything isn't it Andy? Yeah absolutely otherwise schools are a bit notorious for seeing there's a problem implementing a change and then you forget about it because next term there's a new problem there's a new issue there's something else that kind of you, your eye gets drawn mm -hmm. to forget the thing that you were changing last term and, and we want to avoid that and make sure that if we make this change it becomes really well embedded. Yeah, definitely. So a lot of what we've discussed so far is maybe more focused on teaching assistant use in the classroom. But what about when T TAs are delivering interventions? So the sort of the smaller piece, what what first steps could schools take in terms of evaluating that, Debbie? I mean, that's a great question. Um, and again, coming back, the EEF have, have a great intervention health check document on their website for each intervention. Um, you run in school, it has a series of prompt questions so you can question the research base underpinning it and your implementation of it. So, for example, it gets you to consider um, what does the data show about the impact of the student uh, of the students involved and what research trials have evaluated its impact. Um, it is being delivered in accord. Is it being delivered in accordance with the recommendations? How is the work pro uh, produced in the intervention review? So, so it informs classroom teaching, etc. Um, I would definitely recommend looking at that. And it is it's it's only a short reflection document, but using this can help schools quickly realise that they may not be delivering the right interventions 
or that they may be delivering the right interventions, but they aren't delivered in the right way for whatever reason, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, totally. And I think it's great that they, they have got these sort of health check documents on the EEF site. It's, it's a really wonderful area to go to and lots of really robust research projects and, and it grades them, as you mentioned, Debbie. So, um, hi, you know, I, I frequently go there and, and use that for sort of top tips and, and audits and things. So. So what would you your top tips for school leaders who are keen to progress with this work be? Debbie, Debbie, we, we touched on that sort of previously, but would you like to sort of, you know, reflect on this uh, as well? Of course. I mean, the SENCO can't bring about this change alone. We, we have to remember that. It's often a whole school shift in approach that, that needs the full support of the senior leadership team, even a working party to collaborate, Again, the budget um, and time for training, etc. So often Senkos are snowed under with the day-to-day -day business, as we all know, and the operational aspects of the role, which are huge. So one person alone can't carry out this kind of change. It, it has to be a coordinated, well-thought-through approach that comes back to what Andy was saying about the implementation approach and how we, we move on that to make sure that we get sustainable change as an outcome in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Andy, what are your sort of thoughts to build on this? Yeah, I think that's a great point that Debbie's just made, that if if this is one person beating a drum on their own, they're never going to get anywhere with it. Like school leaders need to buy into this and make sure everybody buys into that vision. Um, so that's a great point Debbie's made. Do you know, for me, I know it's not like a stuck record. I'll just keep coming back to the idea that I, I really passionately feel that TAs and other non-teaching staff in school their CPD offer is usually very minimal. And it, it, for me, if their offer isn't as clear and structured and comprehensive as the CPD that teachers are offered, then we're doing those staff a disservice and therefore we're doing the students that they support a disservice. So I, I would really champion that. If, you, if you're going to look at how you deploy TAs and make a change to it, then it's so worthwhile investing the time in training them to do that job well. Otherwise, you can make whatever changes you want, but they're not going to be implemented to the highest standards and have the impact that you desire if you don't invest in that training of the staff. Absolutely. So we're back. We're back to our continued professional development packages and and thinking about how we're investing in our people, um, ultimately. And so just sort of reflecting on all of the things that we talked about so far and thinking about the teaching assistants that are actually listening to us at the moment and we hope you're out there is there anything else that we can do debbie i think for me know that you're valued you are integral to the needs of the students and the school and you are immensely valued and such a resource so I would suggest that if you want to grow and develop yourself, be proactive about your own professional development and think about your career. What, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay as a TA? In which case you'll want to be thinking about what CPD you want to access to be the best that you can be. And if you're thinking about becoming a teacher or another role, start to explore the routes that you can go down to make sure that that happens for you have a discussion with your line manager 
and, and or your CPD leader and go to them with solutions, your own solutions. I want to do this and I'm, I've seen this and be very proactive um, and make them aware of your aspirations. I, I, I know that Andy and Georgia, yourself as leaders, you'll know that when someone comes to you with that kind of attitude, it's refreshing and, and yeah. fabulous. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. And and it feels like you you there's a recognition that actually it can you we all need to continually improve and develop and we're always learning. It's it's that lifelong learning culture as well, isn't it? And it and is. actually, it, that's also quite empowering for people to know that they should be able to say, "I need some help here. Can you can you kind of point me in the right direction?" So great advice there, Debbie. And I mean, I, I'd like I'm not banging a drum here but I would really really recommend that actually if you're a school leader or um, anyone within an educational community please go and look at what we've got to offer um, within the classroom partnership we've got lots of various different support that we can offer for supply teacher support and also tutors but also we've got another arm around our learning and development that's specifically designed to really, really help um, continue to professional development across the entire school community. We've got things available for examination invigilation and and cover supervisor and health and safety and all of those elements, not just teaching assistants and, and TAs. So one of the big projects that we're actually working on and we're delighted that we've been approved for recently is uh, senior mental health lead training um, and we're going to be rolling out quite a major program um, for every sort of senior mental health lead um, that wants to access this so schools can access our training individuals can access our training um, the government are also offering um, a grant to every school in the country, state school in the country, to apply for senior mental health lead training. Um, and that our training will actually take you through and help you develop an action plan that you can actually bring about mental well-being and, and health changes and a change shift within your, your school communities. So I'd encourage everybody to go on there. As I mentioned, our pod podcasts are available. We will continue doing these on different topics and subjects. We've covered things such as early career teachers. We've discussed elements such as Rose and Shine, uh, principles of um, instruction. So we've got lots and lots of different sort of topics and tips that we really feel would be valuable for you to listen to. And any of the podcasts are free and we quite frequently do our free webinars as well. So um, please, please, we're out here. We're here to support you. Yes, you there are some packages and pieces that you can find out more information about if you want to visit our website at Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Um, but we also work in collaboration with universities offering sort of upskilling and teacher training as well. So over the last few weeks, we've really, really reviewed the evidence about how to support teaching assistants to be as effective as possible in their roles and also consider what are the practical steps that schools can take to implement these recommendations. So, for example, carrying out audits, visiting the EEF website to sort of carry out those is also a key element. Next week is actually going to be our final podcast episode for this series, and we're actually going to look to the future of SEND. Um, and I'm delighted that we've got Debbie here with us, who's one of our experts around sort of SEND and SEND co-provision. 
In March 2022, the government published its SEND Green Paper and outlined changes that it proposed to make to the future of SEND support. So next week, our podcast is going to explore the challenges that the papers have identified and recommendations for change, which allow us an opportunity to reflect on how to support our students with SEND challenges and hopefully make changes that are really going to make a significant impact for the coming years. I'm really delighted to have our guests, Andy and Debbie, with us, as always. Thank you both. You can pick up our After the Bell podcasts, which are released on a weekly basis, and they're designed to provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And you can listen to this on your daily commute, on your treadmill, or as your focus for the day. This has been After the Bell. Thank you for listening, as always. We hope you find it useful, and we look forward to our discussions next week. Take care, everybody. Thank you.